Hey, Barb. Hey, Doodle. <laughs> well, Barb, we have gone through a certain generation of Browns. Uh, I thought we had a chance to sit down with the, a, a younger generation yeah. and talk about the home place and also talk about SOP and uh, the farm and what goals were. We got to sit down with my cousins, uh, Cy Brown and Kyle Brown. And uh, we're the ones kind of really uh, spearheading along with, uh, I would probably include my brother Cabot on uh, trying to start a farm or help Kyle start his farm. And we got yeah. a chance to talk to both of them the other night. It was a good day. It was a good night. It was. So uh, what we're going to uh, talk about first is life in Muscadine Barb in the uh, 70s, 80s, and maybe a little bit of the 90s. Yeah. Uh, that was about your time growing up. You know, you remember <laughs> you know, some of those things uh, that, that we'll probably kind of talk to. But uh, yeah. you ready to hear about Cy and Kyle? Uh, I, I am, but I want to say, though, before we, we head on into the story, I just hope that we have stories to share with future generations like the ones that we've heard. And if we do, these are the guys that we're going to have those stories with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be your family, your siblings, and your cousins. That's right. The, yeah. the, these are our people. And maybe uh, one day our children will sit down and interview us and I don't, I don't necessarily want a robbery story right, or anything no, no, like yeah, that. But. Yeah, let's, let's avoid the, the holdups. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah we're maybe a little more boring life than, than what our uh, our dads had, but uh, we had a good time. And, uh, Very I think blessed, there's a, there's yeah. a couple stories uh, that, that will be good for everybody here. So you ready? Yep. All right, let's do it. We are here with uh, a, two very special guests. Very excited. They're in our house. We're going to talk about a, a topic that I have been all about for the past year or so. On the Home Place Farms, founder, chief <laughs> operator, Hoss, head of Sorghum Services, my cousin, Kyle Brown. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Will. <laughs> hey, Barbara. Hey. hey. <laughs> Now, I'm also joined with my much older cousin. Uh, he is the CGO, the Chief Gardening Officer of On the Home Place Farms. Also a local celebrity with the Cy Brown Band. Uh, cousin Cy, hello Cy. Hey, Whit, Barbara, Kyle, good to see everybody. <laughs> All right. So here's what I want to do, boys. Uh, we'll get to On the Home Place Farms in a minute. All right. So uh, I have talked to a lot of uh, our uncles and, and my dad and uh, our Aunt Pat talking about what life was like in Muscadine, Alabama. And uh, they get to start off in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. We don't get to start off quite that far back. So uh, I did not grow up out there. I just kind of visited, uh, you know, Muscadine, uh, especially going to spin out grains in the summers and New Year's Eve and all that kind of stuff. Y'all actually got the benefit of growing in Muscadine, Alabama. So here's what I want you to do. We'll start with Cy here. Okay. So Cy. How'd you like growing up in Muscadine? Any any uh, things that caught your attention that kind of come to mind? Uh, what was it like, you know, and, and even even talk about going to see the old home place at Granny's and all that kind of stuff. Just kind of give me a little, little synopsis here real quick. In the in the 70s and 80s and 90s, growing up in Muscadine, Alabama. Well, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't start off with, you know, we... we we started out in a double-wide trailer yes. out in, in Muscadine. Do you remember it? Oh, well, 
I mean, again, my, my memory is a little foggy from about 74, the year I was born, up until about 80. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, when I, when I see old pictures, there's a lot of things, you know, I, I get these flashbacks right. uh, of, uh, of the old uh, double wide, I guess you could say, because mom and dad built uh, the house that we grew up in in 1980. Right. Uh, so now, I, before we go too far, now I, I'm, I'm Bill's Brown. Your Uncle John and Aunt Martha's uh, youngest boy, third child, you got a younger sister. And then uh, Kyle's Uncle Cotton, Aunt Sandra's youngest. So does everybody, sure does everybody know that Uncle John is actually Gene Autry? Gene Autry. I think okay. we covered that in the first. Okay. If you didn't know that, go to the first podcast okay. and you can hear that okay. in the first podcast. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, Silas. Go ahead. Well, and and, and like I said, we, we grew up in the double wide and, and you know, again, it, it was just one of those times, um, you know, some, some of the flashbacks and some of the, the stories that I remember, um, you know, I, I know mom has talked about when, when uh, her and dad first got married, you know, dad wanted to farm a little bit. So right. he, he raised chickens and, you know, mom was a, I guess what you call a military brat, you know, right. with, with her mom and dad, you know, her dad was in the military and they moved around, lived in New Jersey, Arizona, a lot of different places across the United States. So I guess when she uh, met dad and, and married him and wound up in Muscadine, Alabama in a double wide trailer. Right. Um, all her dreams came true in that moment. All of, <laughs> that might be a good way to put it. <laughs> but, but like I said, just, uh, you know, I know Kyle raises, uh, I know we've, we've helped Kyle process some chickens right. and things like that. And, and mom did some of that when she was young. And one of the best stories Again, do I remember it or is it just kind of one of those things I imagine in my head? But it was it was one of those times where they were uh, harvesting the chickens, I'll just say. Now, this and was in the trailer, right? This is when we, were, we were in the trailer and yeah. Kelly Kelly was our youngest or, you know, Kelly was born. And, and you know, in the harvesting process, one of the chickens uh, wound up losing their head. Okay. Whatever method that was, you know, whether it was with an axe or what, I'm not sure, but... I remember that chicken took off and Kelly took off and it seemed like every which way Kelly turned, that chicken seemed to follow follow her. Exactly. And (laughs) of course, poor poor Kelly was screaming her head off as that chicken chased her. But, um, you know, just, just. She had farm life experience from earlier. Yeah. I mean, little things like that, you know, and then then I remember as it kind of got into the late seventies, you know, and they were building the house and they're, that's when my, I guess my memory really right. started kicking in because I remember going over to the new house and, you know, just kind of playing around when they, you know, they, they had built the basement and, and put the flooring down right. and we could go up and kind of walk around and. How old you were you know, when the house was finished? You remember? Uh, it was, it was either, I just remember 1980, it seemed like, okay. which I was six at that, at that right. point in time. And, and still one of the best part, one of the, one of the, one of the best things, I guess, that came out of the house, you know, when they dug out the basement. They piled all the dirt kind of down to the side of yeah, the house, right. and the big dirt pile big was, dirt pile. Yeah. you know, that was that was a happening place. That's all right. the neighbors from around would come, and a lot of good injuries know, and stuff happened on the big dirt of, pile. A lot, yeah. a lot of good fun was had on, on that dirt pile. And Dad <laughs> just, I really think he just left it because, again, we played on it right. so much uh, as kids, That's and right. um, and you know, I mean, just. You know, the other things that I remember, you know, just from family coming over and, you know, we raised cattle growing up right. and, and, you know, most of our yard was fenced in. And yeah. We had a little bit of a backyard, but most of our yard was fenced all the way down to the to the creek and right. all the way over to Uncle Wentz and the cows 
we make trails all through the woods, you know. And so there were many days where we would walk down into the woods and we'd right. follow those cattle trails or we'd even get on our bike sometimes and, and you know, follow those trails down to the branch right. and, and and all that good stuff. But it was it was definitely country. Yeah, plenty of spreading out room to uh, Exactly. To we we had plenty of room to run and, and again we were a hundred yards what it seemed like a hundred yards away from Granny Brown's house right. and you know, I, I remember spending a lot of time getting to either walk over to her house or, right. you know, we'd go as a family and, and eat lunch, dinner, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever well, was going on. Well, I remember the first part I had going over, like, y'all were, uh, your house was kind of the hub. If we were ever going to get together in Muscat, it was either going to be Granny's house or it was going to be your, that house that y'all built. Y'all were kind of the, Aunt Martha was always very, very gracious to let uh, a bunch of boys uh, come crash and to me y'all's basement was like an adventure land to me that, that you know at that time now it's, it's sorghum hall yes. uh that a lot of get togethers go over there but i mean well dad you know dad was a a, a sprinkler fitter yeah. a union sprinkler fitter for 35 years and he, he ran a lot of jobs right. and i guess he collected a lot of extraneous uh equipment and excess supplies i guess yeah. you could say that yeah. somehow made yeah. it back to, to Muscadine, Muscadine. Yeah. and it all made it down into his basement right. and 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 that was really his workshop for i mean pretty pretty much our whole right. growing up you know if he was going to do any welding or you know because dad was a certified welder and he'd teach uh classes on how to weld and, right. and things like that but uh but that basement was his work area where he built you know wood splitters and wood carts right. and he really yeah. was a uh he really had a mind for he engineering he really did. various yeah. things. Yeah. He made a swing set. Yeah, yeah, made a swing set that's still in the really? yard up yeah. until this day. Absolutely. Yeah, that metal, it's, a, it's made out of, you know, three-inch metal pipe. Oh, yeah, like yeah, pipe. The, the, yeah, the got the monkey balls. Yeah. yeah, I do remember those. That's that thing, right. That thing, and even, even the old basketball goal that's out there was, you know, he, he made the frame part you know you had to buy the backboard right. uh, for it but when he first you know when he first made it it was a wooden square yeah. uh, backboard that he put on he just put the rim on it. that's right and uh, we came yeah, back we had those the, growing up <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. yeah that's homemade ones. Um, but he, he really could build you know was like like the you, you go there now or when i lived me and barb lived over there and even before well actually before then he would like he built that massive metal building that's a storage building. Yeah. And and then that the where the sorghum processing goes on in the back right there, that pole barn thing. And like every day he's by, by himself, like, you know, in his tractor bucket lifting himself up, or you know, Martha's up there trying to lift him up and he's putting it's just and he's like seventy something, yeah. you know. It well, blows he, my mind. And you know, and it's funny too, because you know that that you know, the first sorghum cooking spot, you know, was right down right, right by the basement. Right. And then he built that next structure that's behind the house right. as, you know, the primary, you know, sorghum cooking site. Yeah. And then he came back and built that building a few years yeah. after that. It's really, different phases. Yeah. yeah. And not to say that he ever envisioned sorghum hall or for that to be like a fellowship <laughs> hall down there in the basement. Right. But, and I'm not really sure if mom convinced him to build the big building or if he just decided on his own to get everything out of the basement right. into that building. Um, but at some point, he decided to build his big storage building. To tell you all how Uncle John, a little story, Uncle John. Right? So I'm in Beulah, and our car is messed up. And it's, it's 
there's a little valve that you know I don't know enough and I won't go into it too much. But uh, Sammy was telling me that if I could find a little T joint that uh, you know like a galvanized steel little T joint, he could fix it and it'd be actually better fixed than the plastic one they had in that expedition. So I go all the way to Home Depot, cannot find one what I'm looking for the right size I'm looking for at all. And I, I drive that back. I drive back Muscat that night. Sammy's home people. I couldn't even find it. It's like on Sunday or something. He goes, "Well, John may have one of his best." <laughs> we go there, and in two minutes, find exactly what I'm looking for out, out of to fix that car out of out of his old building. I still do that to this day. Yeah. Man, to be absolutely honest, it's been any uh, tool shop you go to, man. Yeah, and, and I'll just say this: you know, you're calling me the. CGO, Chief Gardening, whatever that stands for. <laughs> officer. Officer, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. But I, I will say, I don't re- remember Dad really gardening a lot growing up. Like right. I, I remember when we were little that he, I remember one instance in particular, I know he had a garden because he got at least me and Mike out there to start hoeing the garden. He wanted us to help him hoe right. the garden. And all I remember is me and Mike were hemming and hawing and right. whining and all this kind of stuff. And all I remember is Dad said, oh, you know, get back to the house. Yeah. All, he just ran us back to the He got tired of listening to us. Yeah. So he ran us back to the house. But really after that, I mean, we always had peach trees. You know, right. He planted some pear trees. Blueberry bushes were, you know, were big for we're, him. We're still benefiting from all that planting. Yeah, right yeah. But, yeah. But really, I think the gardening aspect of what he got into really happened more Retirement. after he retired to kind of go along with the with right. the sorghum and, and and again maybe he planted but we were all so busy you know once once we all got up to high school age and playing sports it's, yeah. like, it's like it is with our own kids you're just so busy and i just i just <clears throat> and, and maybe <clears throat> some of the other siblings would remember but i just don't remember having a big garden or anything like right. that other than maybe a few years when i was really young um, so when, when did he get rid of all his cows about how were you out of college? When all was labor, labor, labor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same amazing. thing with Uncle Wayne. I'll give colleges too. Like it amazed me. Like my dad, almost <laughs> as soon as I quit getting the age, all of a sudden we could get a ride lawnmower. Right, exactly. You know, the, all the square balers went away. All the yeah. round balers. I mean, made. once once all us, you know, like me and Mike, Roland, you know, John, Wilbur. Once once everybody kind of scattered. Yeah. All of a sudden, they had the money to go buy a round, round bale. Bale. Yeah. We yeah. square bailed for you know. Our entire year, right. and all you of a sudden, pre- there's money to go get round bells and forks to go <laughs> on the tractors. And well, you should appreciate all the money you saved them over those years, yeah. so that they could have I, that start I'm, start the sorghum. I'm very appreciative. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you look at it that way. How yes. you help? Yes. It was a lot of good times, though. I, you know, and I will say one of the one of the best memories I, I ever. You know, as much as I I hate to say I hated hauling hay, but it was just hot summer where yes. you you guys know what it, yeah. what it was like. But and over at Merton Uncle Wentz's house. You know, they had these, the two big oak trees yeah. in their front yard and the one kind of nearest their porch, they had the, you know, the, the wooden swing that hung right. down from one of the, the limbs. And, and again, it is just one of those memories that's always stuck with me. I just remember getting breaks from hauling hay and we'd kind of go up to the house and we'd get to sit in the shade and swing in that swing and Emma right. would bring her homemade, freshly squeezed lemonade, lemonade yeah, outside. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it really... Again, it, it was almost magical to, yeah. be, to be able to drink that <laughs> lemonade on those hot <laughs> July day and holiday. Well, do you remember that swing that you're talking about? Because I remember that swing in yeah. their backyard too. 
And, of course, I was the youngest, but it always seemed like you guys would push the limits and make it go up really high. And I would just stand there in amazement. Yeah, like, the they wouldn't let me on the swing when y'all were doing that. It did feel like you could go to the sky. That day. Uh-huh. It, was, it, it definitely was fun. Kyle is uh, the hoss. And what that stands for is the head of sorghum services. So cousin Kyle is the one that, that, uh, is, is kind of spearheading the farm, wants to kind of get into farming a little bit. And, and he's married to Terry and has three beautiful kids. But Kyle was also raised right there in Muscan. So here's what I need you to do for me, Kyle. Like, hey, you better mention Cheryl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Does she listen to these? Does uh, well, if she will to this one, I can <laughs> promise she will. So. Yeah. Sai's married to uh, Cheryl O'Meara Brown. And uh, sometimes. The elite wife the, of wives. Yes, yes. Yeah, she's the wife of wives. Sai's <laughs> wife right there. <laughs> they have four awesome kids. Uh, uh, you know, my, my kids and theirs have played ever since they were little. Uh, kind of very similar to me and Sai. And uh, Cheryl, actually, the, the, the lake out there on, on the Brown Compound is named after Lake Cheryl. It's, we call it Lake Cheryl. Uh, well, I do anyways. I don't know if anybody else does. That's only we. <laughs> it will, in my head, it will always, it will always be like Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah, you can't, the, the lake would not have been there no, yeah, it's like not Cheryl. for Cheryl. So, <laughs> and it's really a term of endearment. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. How much she's appreciated in the family. Right. All right. All right, Kyle. So you're, you don't have to go too much detail. We, we may try to do another episode later on. But, uh, but your dad is infamous in the Brown family. All right. William Lloyd, a.k.a. Uncle Cotton, has, has probably as many stories in the Brown family as any other. All right, so just give me your, all you got to do, tell me your first kind of memories of what it was like, the house that you that your mom lives in now. Is that the first house y'all, you remember? Is that kind of what you were born in as far as you know of and all that kind of stuff, correct? Yes, that's the only house I remember. Okay. When they first got married, they lived in a trailer down at, close to my mom and papa's. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. and uh, Ryan was born at that time, and then they built the house. I want to say around nineteen seventy-five, late nineteen seventy-five. Okay, and so I came along in seventy-eight, and that, so that's the only thing I ever remember. You remember? I guess. Okay, and Ryan, Ryan's the oldest brother, and then you're the you're the baby of the bunch. All right, so any kind of uh, farming thing, gardening, whatever, on cotton do when when you were little, anything you remember? Well, he attempted. To do it a good bit, uh, <laughs> he did. A, I, I, I do remember him doing cows. I mean, yeah, he did cows from the time I was little to I was a teenager. Yeah. In fact, I think it was Hurricane Opal that came when I was in tenth grade. Yeah. And wiped out a bunch of fences, and he sold the cows then, with the intention of getting back into it, and then his health That's started right. going down at that point. And he. He never got back into it. And unfortunately, uh, when his health started going down, then the field started going down. And yeah. He started getting Alzheimer's, and I didn't realize until mm-hmm. it was too late that uh, he didn't know how to keep it all up. Right, at yeah. Time. Uh, but I do remember the cows, and he at times tried to do a garden. In fact, I think he and Uncle Judge one year tried to do one over at, uh, or they did one over yeah. at Granny's house. Uh, I didn't really have a lot to do with it, other than just pick a, right. pick some produce. So, some of the some of the stories that I remember about y'all, Uncle Cotton's favorite stories, he would tell, uh, like 
you and Ryan would argue or not. Yeah, he'd feel like y'all need to go to work a little bit or something, right? And y'all had, what, what was something? <laughs> but did y'all have to like pull up roots or what, what was your job that he'd give you and Ryan to do? Uh, well, he liked for us to build character. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I want to say when I was three or four years old, he had that across the road from the house cleared completely because it was woods right. uh, when I was born. And then he had it cleared. Well, you know, after you clear a field, it's not pristine and you still have roots. You, yeah. These saplings that still try That's to come right. up and everything. Yeah. Then you have like big mounds of trees, like where they pushed up the trees. Into, yes, we had yeah. about three humongous piles that sat there for 15 or 20 years. <laughs> and uh, great, great habitat for the wildlife. Wildlife, yeah. yeah right. From what I hear from your older brother, good hiding spots too, you know. Kind well, it shielded us from him on the bush hog. <laughs> yeah. It did. So he was he was supervising from the bush hog, like yeah, to make know. sure we were. All right, so what were y'all supposed to be doing? Well, we were supposed to be digging up roots, yeah, uh, to clear the field. I got you because he wanted grass, right? Yeah, and these were saplings that were coming up. And uh, how many roots do you remember getting during <laughs> those? We got at least three or four. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I still think, do you, do you know, like, you know, his brother's always called, or I won't say always, but a lot of times called him Sage. You know the story? Well, that came later. That came my, later, okay. And, uh, he did a great job growing brooms. It's actually pronounced Brooms Edge. Okay. I think we uh, totally misunderstood how, how to pronounce it because we called it Sage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's Brooms Edge. Okay. And Dad... Well, actually, I think Uncle Judge was president of the Sage Growers. Good man. <laughs> and Dad was vice president. I got you. They had a lot of that very useful uh, bush out there in their pastures and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, is, it was abundant. Yeah. It was abundant. <laughs> Probably bumper crop every year. That's right. But uh, I do remember with the cows, he never had a lot of cows. Like, I remember Uncle John and them having... We, we probably 30, about, 40. Well, we usually run 50 to 60 head okay, for most saying. years, yeah. And the most dad ever had were 15 at a time. Yeah. And I, it's amazing. And it, as I grow older, I find I'm, I'm a whole lot like him. Yeah. And I can see why he only had 12 because it feels manageable. Yeah. You know, you start getting a, a lot and it, it gets to be chaotic. Yeah. Uh, Overwhelming, yeah, that's a better word. But uh, I see a lot of the way he thought. The more as I get older, I, right. see, I see more how he thinks. In fact, I get accused by Aunt Pat that I'm a almost a carbon copy of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to my frugality. Yeah. This. Well, let's go to that for a second. All right. So, Uncle Cotton was always legendary for for. Believing was that old Benjamin Franklin line, a penny saved is a penny earned. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Judge had some ways to put how how tight he was, uh, you know, with money and stuff. So growing up with Uncle Cotton, uh, a lot of vacations, uh, going out to eat, things like that. What about air conditioning? Or air conditioning? Yeah. Well, he let us have air conditioner at least by July, <laughs> and it was a window unit. Yeah. Uh, but before that, we could handle it up till July. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but it was real later on, though, before y'all got central heating in there, then, didn't it? Yes, it was a big window unit that we got to put in. Uh, yeah. In the, was it uh, like in his bedroom? or 
No, no, he let it be in the living room. Okay. Yeah. So y'all got to share it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so your bedroom did have a wing unit? No. Uh, just that one? Yeah. Just that one. Yeah. Uh, you had a window unit, just an open air window unit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Let the wind blow through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'd do, we would do that a lot. Yeah. Which, you know, that's kind of nice, you know, having the breeze come through. Except for when it's humid and muggy. And, and you know, one of the greatest things that he did to the house after I was born was put that long front porch on there. Yeah. That had, that was a wonderful thing that yeah. he did. You uh, enjoyed that a good I bit, did. yeah. And I know my parents got tired of me bouncing the basketball. On yeah. But uh, I, I did enjoy that, sitting on the swing or in the rocking chair and, and then also bouncing basketball. On that right. Room. At ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yes, he was very frugal, and I am, or at least I try to be frugal. Uh, he's the one that instilled me, instilled into me, to live debt free if I can. Right. And so I am extremely appreciative. Of that. Right. Uh, and you know, he, I wouldn't say I have as good a work ethic as he had but I do appreciate now the fact that he would make us get up and cut wood right. instead of sit and watch Saturday morning cartoons That's right, yeah. even though I hated it with a passion because yeah, I, I wanted to watch Dungeons and Dragons yeah. or Gummy Bears or whatever was on during those days uh, it's funny though like I'm, I'm kind of the same way I'm not saying I want to go out outside and work like every day for eight hours or anything like that. But I, I enjoy doing that, you know, now more than I do sitting around watching. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. There's hardly anything worth watching. Watching, TV yeah. Anymore. I know. It. It's funny how that, that did again. So that's even, even though you thought you hated it, you know, mm-hmm. all your, your young life. The, uh, Uncle Cotton to me, there, there are two things. I don't know why, I, you know, I just hang out with y'all. I got to spend a little time with Uncle Cotton. What, what year did he pass? I was 20. 2016. 16. That long. Already it's seven years. Yeah, unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Well, he, there's two phrases that, and I know he got them somewhere else, but he told me one time we were hauling hay out there at your other grandparents' house, uh, by the Talks River. And, uh, he was the, he was the bailer. Me and you were, were throwing the, the bales in. And, uh, he, he said, one, there was two phrases he'd always say. He says, one is, you know, plan your work and then work your plan. And whenever I've had something to do, it's, it's always kind of in my head, ingrained in my head, was one of his phrases. Well, when we were down there doing that, he would say that. So many things would happen, and I, I told him I wanted to modify his phrase a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I changed it to from plan your work and work your plan, and then I added, uh, and plan on it not working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there were often times like you know he'd break shear pins or, or whatever. Yeah, there were there were often times we were the, the bailer would stop. That should be a t-shirt. That yeah, be a t-shirt. it yeah. should be. Plan your work, work your plan. Plan, plan on, on not the, work. Work the brown pan. <laughs> yeah, wisdom on the home. Yes. This little clip is a very special story to my heart. It has been held over my head in the Brown family for <laughs> generations, it feels like. But have I ever told you about uh, my big love affair with 
professional wrestling when I was a kid. Absolutely. I, I am very fond of this story. We all make mistakes yes. when we're children, guys. Yes. Just remember that. I mean, we can't hide everything. <laughs> and now this story will live forever and ever. <laughs> Let's go to Holland Hay just for a second. Mm -hmm. This is my dad's favorite story, and so about me. <laughs> so I, I can't I can't pass it up without telling this story. All right, so we'll get into a little bit more, but almost probably I don't what would y'all say seven or eight summers in a row I would come spend a week at Granny's, and y'all would all come. You know that was cousin camp or whatever back in the day. You know, and so uh, I had made a poor decision before I had left for one week to go to Granny's, actually a couple of weeks before, I had, I was a big wrestling fan. You know, the the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and all that kind of stuff fan. Huge. Loved it. And I was watching one Saturday night, and they offered, before one of their big events, that you could call up one of their wrestlers on this hotline and talk to one of their wrestlers. And I was, I was going to give one of the bad guys like a piece of my mind. You know, I, I had had enough of his attitude, and I was going... I was going to let him know what this good guy was going to do to him. So I'm like 11 or 12. I don't know how exactly old I am. So I go and I call this line and like, I'm hearing the wrestlers. It's a, it's a one 900 number or whatever the time. So I'm hearing the wrestlers, but they're talking to other callers. And I'm thinking any minute now, I'm about to let this guy know. And time just keeps going and going and going. And it occurs to me after about five, 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm getting charged for this <laughs> phone call and I'm just, I haven't even said nothing. So I hang up and for two or three weeks, every time dad would go to the mailbox, I'm just sweating bullets because <laughs> I know he's going to get that phone bill at any moment. This is before cell phones. So, you know, you had that landline phone bill that come in and I just knew, Oh, I, I was just, I was in misery the whole time. Well, a reprieve was me go to granny's and I get my mind off of it. And we all spent, spent a week over there and had, you know, had an awesome time every, every time we go over there. But it's about Wednesday and thir or Thursday, and a buddy of yours called Cy and said, "Hey, my dad or where we need to haul hay, and we'll pay you whatever it is." And Jerry, if you ever listen to this, you broke every child labor I law mean, back in those days. Just FYI, every I love you, one. but you broke every child labor law. I mean, <laughs> every yeah, every one he broke. Whoever was the the head, so you get called, and then. You asked, like, y'all want to go haul hay? I think me and Ryan were there. And, and uh, I was right at that age where I was like, okay, I'm probably old enough to do this. But it was almost like, Eureka, I'm saved. You know, if I could go do this, earn a little money, I won't just, my dad won't kill me, is what my whole mindset was. And so I'm begging Granny, and Granny's like, I don't know. And I'm like, Granny, I can handle it. Let me do this. You know, and I had never hauled hay up in that moment at that time. So she goes, okay. So we get out on that field somewhere in Alabama, around, you know, going toward Heflin, somewhere, I guess. Bell's Mill. Bell's Mill. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't go, I don't think, this time. No, I was you were too, too young. young. I was yeah. stuck at Granny's playing video games. Yeah. 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 Bless Florida. your heart. Yeah. Bless your heart. So we go, and it's like 12 o'clock when we start. And I mean, the sun is already beating down on this poor, fat, little 11-year-old out there trying to. And we start to work. You know, and all of us are like gung-ho to begin with. And so I pick up that first bill and go, yeah, yeah, I can do this. And so I'm, we're throwing it on truck. And then like, you, you ever watch SpongeBob or something and like seven hours later? And I am, 
dying. I mean, dying. My, I can't feel my arms. And, and we're supposed to sling it up into the truck bed. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm, I'm not even getting it over the bed. Like, it hits the, the top of the bed. The other guys on top of it, you have to help me out and grab it. Then we we, all, we load like three or four trucks. And we go to the barn. We have to just a little drive away. And we go to the barn to put it up. And it just feels like the baler is ahead of us. And that baler will never stop. Like, it just <laughs> keeps going and spouting these bells out. And I'm just, and so it goes 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock and we're like, oh, let's get this done. And I remember it was like 1130 or something at night. And I mean, you, you, I, you could have just shot me. I mean, I was dead. I'd never been so tired in my life. And so I, it was the last one and the stack is above my head. And I had gotten to where I was doing this spin move to like get some momentum to spin, to throw the, the bell up to the top. And I didn't make it. Like I spin and it fell and like just fell in front of the line. I was like, I can't, I just can't do anything. And the guy, the rector over there, yelled, screamed at me, going, you got to get it up there. And I'm going, dude, <laughs> you can scream all you want to at me. It ain't going, you know. So we, And I think we had like vanilla wafers and water, you know, that whole day. That was kind of what we had to eat and all that. So we come back. It's like midnight. We, we show back up at Granny's house, right? And then you got your $14 check. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He wrote up. He was on a lot more back then. It was literally like $23. <laughs> Was the check, and I remember sitting there going, twenty three dollars. You know, I worked from twelve to twelve. Pay for half that phone bill. Yes, so I, I, I put that in my pocket. We head back to Granny's. <laughs> Granny goes, "Well, I made some hot dogs like eight hours ago. Y'all still want them?" I was like, "Yes, Granny, I'm starving. I'm going to take a bath." Yes, I want that. So I go take a shower, and I sit on the bed. That's the last thing I remember. <laughs> I didn't even go eat the. Hot I didn't eat the hot dog. <laughs> I don't remember another thing. I just I remember I woke up the next morning like at eight o'clock for breakfast. That was and then Dad comes to pick me up that next day, and uh, Granny's all proud of me. You know that I had worked all that kind of stuff. She goes, "Show your dad what you got." With and I was like, I pulled that check out and I said, "Dad, I got a bill." <laughs> and he goes, "I got it today." <laughs> and he took that whole check and I never saw another penny out of it. And he has laughed at me ever since. But the, the funny part, though, is that he, when he saw the phone bill, it didn't say the wrestling hotline. All it said was the 900 number. And you know there were other phone, you know, there were other things you could call it, no one 900 number. What are you talking about, 900 number? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure y'all don't know. Yeah. And he Any, said anyone it. Anyone watching TBS past 9 o'clock. Yes. No. Yes. If you were lonely, there were ladies who were willing to talk to you. Yeah. But he immediately... Grabbed that phone and dialed that number just to make sure, like, what is this kid doing, you know? And he actually, I think he didn't get mad at me because it cracked him up when he realized it was the wrestling yeah. hotline. Yeah. But, you know, the episode that you did with Uncle Went and Nate Murd, I, yeah. I think you did a T-shirt with it. Those are one of those lessons you don't <laughs> learn out of a book that yeah. you only learn on a farm. No. That, that is. And he oftentimes... Like when he would talk about getting an education or my grades or whatever, he goes, you want to go work in the hay field your whole life? And I was like, Ooh. you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. I'll just say we weren't related to that brown crew that we helped that day, but there were plenty of other browns from the Uncle Buds of the Worlds to, you know, Uncle Wynn, my dad. Yeah. We, we learned a lot out there. Yeah. <laughs> I did get some more experience later on with all of hay, but that was my first one with, uh, with, with enjoying that little process. So, all right, so let's fast forward just a little bit to kind of 
you know, us growing up, you know, y'all were almost more like, like, almost as like brothers as much as you were cousins, to be honest with you, kind of growing up. Every family get together, you know, every time we, you know, Granny let us kind of stay over there, every time we were over at Sai's house and Aunt Martha's house and all that stuff. That was that was almost like Disney World going to me, going to, to good play and all that kind of stuff, right? So let's go back to, you know, probably I would say from, I can't remember the first time we did it or why we did it, but the, the early 80s, mid 80s was the first time probably. I, I, I really think one of the first memories I have was when Dad and Uncle Bill, you know, were part of Local 669 and they would yeah. go to Las Vegas, and then, you know, yeah, for that convention. Right. And then Aunt Pat would come to our house and the kids. We'd all be watching, yeah. Brandon yeah, would come over. Yeah, and all everybody would come to our house and stay that week. Right. You know, and Aunt Pat was one uh, watching us. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, people sleeping in the living room. Right, I mean, yeah. it was it was definitely a, it was definitely a good time. That's no, right. No doubt about that. But that was really kind of my first memory, I think, yeah. of us kind of getting together. Okay. Um, well, somehow, somehow Granny became the Grand Central Station for all of us kind of getting well, together. And I, I think that spurred from you being her favorite. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> man. Working look. your way into being able to spend a week over at Granny's. And look, kind Cy, of Cy had the looks and athleticism. Kyle had the brains. Y'all had to give me something. I didn't have anything else to go going for me. So <laughs> Granny know. chose to have mercy on me as we were going I, I still have this image of this hamburger with fries beside it where it was perfectly like mustard and mayonnaise and cheese. That's right. And I had to put my own topping on my hamburger. <laughs> I remember that. Well, she saw day. y'all like every every Sunday, every week she saw y'all. She only got to see me, you know, ever so often was, was the difference. More frequent. I'm, I'm a likable guy. So <laughs> his piece of cake was always over there. <laughs> so, anyways... So we, we start in the summer and I mean, we, we would visit more than that. But, but the, the big thing I remember is those weeks in the summer, she would, she would watch us. And then, you know, it was supposed to be like Monday through Friday. And then by Thursday afternoon, I'm calling my dad, begging him, can I stay another day, dad? You know, and by the end of it, it was Sunday afternoon before I'd go home. You know, it's kind of how that would all work. You would think after two or three years, they just hate. Yeah, let's go through Sunday. <laughs> Never. And then, like y'all, and Uncle Cotton, I always remember him coming, and y'all have to beg and beg, please, Daddy, please, Daddy, you know, and all that kind of stuff. He, I think, he found some enjoyment in making y'all beg. Go see what your mother said. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. All right, so and and I mean, just there were the one of my favorite things was the the chicken house behind Granny's was like a magic land of, of make-believe toys and guns. You know, we, we would pretend like those pipe for guns and, and play war. And, and I got plenty of scars from uh, the chicken house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That there, I don't know what all they stored in that thing. I When I was a kid, I thought that thing was 200 years old, to be honest with you. I had no high clip. You know, high <laughs> I, I remember a boat being in there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a beehive that was active. Yeah. Uh, all those pipes. uh you know, I mean, if you ever go back and talk to them, I, I really don't know when they built those. I mean, I'm assuming they went into almost like industrial production of chickens. Well, if you Dad, know what I mean, I, yeah, I just Pat, don't know Dad, Dad said that they, they, the older ones had already kind of moved. It was uh, their dad wanted to get in chickens, probably like the late fifties, early sixties, what it sounded like to me. And so he built that one. Didn't you, Mike, kind of clean that one up? We did. Right? Uh, I the, 16 or 17. That one, I didn't play that one as much. That one had this, yeah. was condemned pretty before we really got down. The one right behind the house is one I remember playing yeah. in more than anything. But it's still fact, Granny wouldn't let us go in the other Yeah, that, well, that one uh, was the first one built. <laughs> and according to Dad, I can't remember who the name was, and I wouldn't, but that was the one that wasn't. where that three-inch scar right there came from was the, <laughs> the one we tore down. <laughs> was it through tearing it down or? 
something no, you did in no, there. We were just playing around. Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons Granny wouldn't let us go in there because I, I don't remember. I was standing on something and it went out from under my arm, came down. It's probably no chest of drawers, which my wife will laugh at me because forever. Did y'all, did y'all ever know that it was really called a chest of drawers and not Chester drawers? What, in Chester's uh, drawers? Yeah, no. Chester drawers. No. I mean, I, 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 I always thought they were called Chester yeah. drawers, yeah. you know. But anyway, I was, <laughs> no, I I was corrected that. on that at about age 40. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> that's that's what wives anyway. are there for, cuz. Yeah. To keep us straight, man. So anyway, I think there was a chest of drawers there that my arm came down, but it put a nice little gash. All right. Green shut it down. Shut it down. Which, Cy, you were a little accident probably. Well, between that and, you know, we were over at Granny's that time yes. and I had that nail go behind my knee. You know? I still have mm-hmm. nightmares about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, what, I don't what, think what, most people believe me. We, we were like, we were out in the yard. We were playing tag, basically, yeah. like freeze tag or something. And I went running around the corner and I fell. And when I got, when I went to stand up, my leg was locked in this bent position. I couldn't open it, you know, it wouldn't yeah. let me, whatever, bend my, my knee. And yeah. I come to realize there, a nail had went in the top of my knee, behind my kneecap, and the point was sticking out Jeez. on the other. So it, it had locked my, my knee in and that place. was just in her yard? Yeah, that was just yeah, a big old nail or screw yeah. or something. Dad brought the channel locks and <laughs> either pulled it out or just <laughs> Put a piece of wood in your mouth and, and go, that's a little seven or eight-year-old. You're like, <laughs> he, he really did. He pulled it out. I mean, oh they, they took me to the doctor the next day, I, I guess, to, to make sure I got my tetanus shot or whatever. But yeah. luckily, I never I, had any side effects. I'm, and your knee bent after the nail. Yeah, or... yeah. I mean, it, it literally, I mean, it really, that thing was about, you know, yay long. And it just really went, like I said, right through the top of my knee and the point came out. Right nice. It don't hurt when it rains or anything. Like, <laughs> not, not, not yet, anyway. <laughs> well, sign, sign was now. Like, wow. So, and I don't think like they, they child-proofed Granny's house as we were growing <laughs> no, up. And that, in actually, that beehive is still in the chicken house. Yeah. It's still yeah. standing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> some honey over yeah. there. Well, I... Like, you know, the, the infamous one I remember with Cy was the, he's on the front porch swinging. And we and you, I think we're inside playing. G.I. Joe. Yeah, G.I. Joe something. All of a sudden, Cy comes running in. He got me. He got me. <laughs> screaming. And Randy, I, he got me. He runs by us. And I run outside thinking like a sniper was out there or something. Like, what got him? Yeah. And I'm like looking. Sniper. What a <laughs> like, like a hornet. Got him right on the eye. I swear, I was swinging in that swing. I mean, I could see, you know, how Granny's front porch was. Yeah. And it's like, I could see that thing coming straight. You know, I'm swinging, coming this way, and that hornet's coming straight out. And there's nothing I could do. All I remember is that thing hitting me. <laughs> Dive bomb. Right underneath my eye, man. Yeah. My whole face went boosh. Yep. And we saw you a couple hours later, and it looked like you had been in with Mike Tyson in the ring for a couple of, yeah. Yeah, for a couple of rounds. swollen everybody's business. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, and, and there was the one other, you know, I, I wish cousin Ryan could jo- join us because he, he could have a lot of stories. He, he was pretty funny as well, but it, uh, so normally the sleeping arrangements, uh, so there was two times a year that we did this good bill. Like we would spend a week in the summer and then New Year's Eve was another, you know, tradition we would have, uh, spending over at Granny's house. <laughs> if you remember like New Year's Eve, you're supposed to stay up at 12. Well, Granny would go to bed like at 830. With her cool lid on top of her water. And then, like, it would be 12, and we'd all go, Happy New Year! You know, we'd have a little firework thing or whatever to pop and stuff like that. And so Granny would go, Happy New Year! Y'all go to bed and <laughs> shut the lights off. You know, it was, it was over right at 12. You know, that, that was it. So, but, Georgia time. Too. Yes, that's right. Georgia time. <laughs> so here was the sleeping arrangement in Granny's house. All right. So me and Kyle and, I mean, me and Cy and Ryan, 
would sleep in the cold room, the old boys' room, back in the back, right? Where would you sleep? The pink room. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, I guess was Aunt Pat's room yeah. growing up. And he's a twin. Uh, yeah, it was a twin. Baby. Yeah. yeah. So you, you got regulated to the, Kyle was the baby, so he got regulated to the pink room. And Kelly would sleep with Granny, I guess. Right. Yeah, sometimes. Maybe, and, I really don't remember. Yeah, that, that was our, that was kind of sleep arrangement. So I'm not going to say who, because people keep pointing fingers. Somebody peed in the bed one night. I don't know which one it was. It wasn't me because I was in the pink room. You were in the pink You were in the girls' room. Yeah. So, so whoever peed in the bed, Granny didn't appreciate peeing in the bed. So her rule was from then on out, whoever peed in the bed's head was going to get washed with the sheets. <laughs> the next time you well, want to. She was going to wash your face in it. Wash your face in it. That was, that was kind of the. And I don't think it ever happened again after that. I think that worked. Whatever. And she'd always tell us before we go to bed to drain our radiator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do y'all remember those milkshakes you used to make? Oh, you God, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you've never had milk with a couple of spoonfuls of sugar and a little bit of vanilla flavor in it, you just never live. You never live. Anymore. You never had a muscadine milkshake. That's the only time I ever had it. I never never had it. I know. I started making it for my kids a few years back, and they, they liked it, too. Yeah, so. yeah it's good yeah, stuff. I, I think I made it you know, a couple times. Mine mine, mine rather go Dairy Queen. I, mean, mine, <laughs> I don't think they ever kind of took, took a hold to it, right? So, like, a bunch of fond memories, which is probably the reason why I, I've done all you know, the the podcasts and interviewed my uncle and all of that. Just uh, memories of, of, like, holidays. So, you know, and, and I know y'all had, you know, we all had other sides of our, our mom's side of their families that we also did. But as far as on the Brown side of things, the the holidays were always kind of markers of the, of the year to me, you know, and, and I knew every Thanksgiving evening, no matter what we had to do before, was over at a, one of the uncle's houses and they would rotate them. You know, that, that's, I don't know if it was ever done anything different before then. I just remember the rotations all I kind of remember. So uh, and then every year, I don't know why, it's like it's a great mystery. I'd have to ask mom and dad, whose year is it this year? You know, we would go to the next uncle's yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, Christmas Eve was always a granny's. Right. Uh, and you want to see, I don't know, sardines packed in a <laughs> in that, that old granny's living room right there where, I mean, you're, it felt like a hundred people were squeezing that little, that little living room. And just the, the, the uncle's laughing. I, for some reason, I remember all Cotton's laugh as good as I do, you know, anybody else's. I can kind of still hear him just telling those same stories and, and, and us trying to go outside and play, uh, you know, whatever it was. That, that, that was kind of what I think about when I think about the home place and, and going back and, and, and doing all kinds of things. And like I said, I just want to kind of, yeah, y'all were, y'all grew up there and lived there and kind of wanted to kind of get that little background with it. You know, one thing that, uh, my wife accused me of whenever we got married, she just didn't believe that, our childhood was as as good as I kept Idyllic, telling her, yeah. and I, I tried to tell her I'm not really uh, exaggerating too much. Now it was not like an everyday thing, right? But these moments throughout the year we had that we looked forward to, oh, yeah. and we always enjoyed them. Yeah, and it, it, we never really had any kind of fights or anything like that. We were just glad to be with each other and yeah. playing football or. That's what, and some of the best memories I had growing up was going over to y'all's house with Uncle Bud. And, yeah. You know, he always treated me like gold. Me know? too. I, I, I think that's one of the reasons why when you wanted to start farming, it was so easy for us to all jump on, especially when we were at the White House every Sunday night. I would see you come up the driveway with your kids. My kids would go out and they would play. And right. Just for our kids to have that as well as they're growing up and hopefully – 
repeat that. Some of them may right. repeat that. Well, I think a lot of people say that like, your first friends in life are your cousins. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's that's not uncommon. But like you said, Kyle, it was just you know New Year's Eve was going to be a grand with y'all, and I, you know as soon as Christmas holidays hit, that I, I look forward to Santa Claus and Christmas gifts and all kind of stuff. I did. But I look forward to my coming that New Year's Eve as much as I did almost anything, you know, the, the playing and the fireworks and stuff. And then we would, uh, you know, you go throughout the year. And, of course, y'all went to Cleveland County Schools and I went to Harrelson County Schools. But then, you know, the of course, I loved college football growing up. And we were always Auburn. I was Auburn and y'all were Alabama. And so, you know, uh, we'd always call each other after, you know, who won. You know, I, God, I used to dread that. I used to I would call me, you know, I, oh, I, the van. What was the Van Tiffin kick or whatever? That really hurt my heart, you know, when, when I got that one. I remember calling y'all on Christmas morning, you know, what'd you get? Yeah. What'd y'all get? That's yeah. right. Yeah. We'd, we'd always do that. And if there was ever a happenstance get together, like, you know, it wasn't our usual rhythm. It was always like, hey, let's spend a night. Or it was always kind of something. <laughs> that was know? always on the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, then you had Granny's birthday uh, in August. And you always had the Beulah barbecue was always something to look forward to. And then, then Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, all that kind of stuff. That, that was kind of growing up, uh, you know, the way it was now. So we, we all kind of graduate and sign. Don't forget the holiday singing. So oh, I've, I've tried my best. <laughs> that was a blessing. Was it? Yeah. I, I got, see, y'all, y'all just had to do that one. My parents drug me to everywhere. Oh, the, the singing was. I was, I'd go to the nursery and look for a ball or something, just anything, but pass the time. Okay, Barb, we're going to uh, stop their story kind of right there. Uh, learned a little bit more about Muscadine in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. Uh, it was very, very blissful and you were very blessed now if you want to hear some good stories about growing up at a trailer park um i can tell you why i went into counseling that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh on the many home places yeah. with barber chestnut brown yeah, something like that but uh next episode is going to cover a little bit more about where where we hope the farm will go and yeah. uh, we'll finish with that one and i got i got some more lined up uh to record so we're looking forward to that and stops only 12 weeks away, Barb. We're uh, going to have to hurry up and order our shirts uh, and kind of get ready for it. Yeah. But uh, hopefully this story kind of gets you, whets your appetite to come back to the home home place uh, in, in a few weeks. Uh, and don't forget, life is sweet. So sop it up. Mm-hmm.